0: Welcome to Engaging Culture, a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Brian Kiley. Today, my co-host, Pastor Lance Hahn, and I will be breaking down the Super Bowl, but we're not gonna talk about the game itself. We're gonna talk about the Super Bowl as a cultural event. We'll talk about why this game is such a big deal in our society, uh, even for non-sports fans. And of course, we'll talk about what stuck out to us from the commercials and the halftime show. All of that and more on this episode of Engaging Culture. Well, hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 19 of the Engaging Culture <laughs> <Good> Podcast. <catch. laughs> I am Brian Kylie with Pastor Lance Hahn. Lance, how are you?
1: Good, 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 good. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I, this is a big deal. The Super Bowl is a big deal, and we got to talk about it because it just went down and everybody
0: was involved. Everybody's involved. It is, it is, well, and this is part of why we're doing an episode on the Super Bowl. It is such an almost unprecedented cultural event in the United States of America, and I think even it wasn't until I did some research on the actual numbers in preparation for today, like that I, it, it took me doing that to realize exactly how big of a deal it is compared to other things that are on television. Right? I mean, it is there is nothing. There's absolutely nothing like it in American, not just sports, but American television. Nothing like the Super Bowl. Yeah, that is. So. It, it is a little bit bizarre because, it,
1: it, it. I think the most unusual thing about it. Is there are not as many sports fans as you think there are, and right. yet a sports element is the most dominant. Right. Weird.
0: That yeah. People Meaning who for, yeah for oh, television yeah. ratings. Well, and people that don't yeah that will not watch a single no nope. football game nope. the entire year. They're still They're there. In. They're watching the Super Bowl. That's right. They're eating their nachos. They're doing their thing. Yes. So, we're not going to talk about the game much, but we have to talk about it a little bit. Oh my gosh. That, I, I wanted to renounce my sports fandom by the end of that game. It was so brutally boring.
1: Uh did you survive the whole thing? Okay, I survived the whole thing. Uh my my wife, it was so funny because she's trying to be she says, I'm trying to be a trooper. That's what she said. So she This is something to she, be endured. Yes. Yeah, so she um was watching and she looks over at me, and she goes it's not just me, this is really boring, right? Because <laughs> as a non-sports fan, right. she was like, I think this is horrible, but I think it's just me. It's like,
0: I think I'd be bored anyways, but... Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it was so bad that at one point in the second half, we were, like, excited about a great punt, nobody gets excited about punting in football. And we're like, wow, no. that was a great... I mean, it turned out to be it a, was a great Super Bowl punt. record. But it was almost like we're all mocking it, and then the announcers are even mocking. Like, wow, this is some big excitement right here yeah, but relative here's a, to how this game is. gone. Here's
1: the thing, is that one of my things I least like about football at all is when they fail and they have to punt. All of a sudden, it was like they were circling how many punts there were. And he's like, Uh. we have had eight straight punts. (laughs) It was like, that is the one thing I hate about football. And all we did was do that the entire time. Yeah. Now, I will say, who is the uh, young quarterback? I believe he's from the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. When they played in the playoffs, it looked exactly like Jared Goff. Where it was these young guys, they would get the ball, and they would throw it, and it would fail. And then they'd throw it, and it'd fail, and then they'd punt. And it was like they were doing everything so quickly, like they were used to having like cool, big, dramatic <laughs> plays. And they went up against a buzzsaw yeah. with Tom Brady and the Patriots. And what I, told, um, what I told my wife is I said, this almost seems like it's professionalism against raw talent. Mm-hmm. And professionalism just destroyed them.
0: <laughs> yes, the uh, the old guard, as it were, yes, uh, kind of took care of business. It was. Did you know lowest scoring Super Bowl in NFL history? I wondered about that yeah. because the first
1: the first half the lowest scoring first half in a Super Bowl is two points. They scored three, <laughs> so they were the second lowest first right. half. And you can imagine that Super Bowl was awesome oh, yeah, with two points. Very,
0: very exciting. Yeah, I, I said to um, another one of our uh, people on our team this morning as he, he he walked in and made a joke about how he's still recovering from how awful the game was. Yes. Uh, I said, uh, that was the Super Bowl that the NFL deserved. Uh, I, I, I am a sports <laughs> what you, fan. What do you mean? I like football. It is not my favorite sport, but I am definitely a fan of the game. But man, I have a hard time with the NFL. Everything from, I mean, first of all, personally, just the ethics of football I'm having a hard time with, as we know, people are just destroying themselves. Right. I feel that the most, I'll go to like between maybe one and three high school football games a yes. year, and I'm like, there is no way in heck I would ever let my kids play football. But I <laughs> would pay completely money fine with that. to watch someone else's kids yes. destroy their destroy brains. Their brains. Th- there's a, some some. I am some completely
1: fine with the violence of football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the difference between you and me. Yeah. So, so there's that. There is. Um, I'm not a guy who's going to get all hung up on officiating and all that. Yeah. But just there was such a blatant uh, error that just cannot happen. That was the, the reason the Rams made it. Yeah. That that to me, just the integrity that of the really game is damaged. Uh, and just I I don't know. There's just not a lot about the NFL that's likable. I mean, the way they just botched the whole Kaepernick thing is a challenge for me. And it's just. I don't know. The NFL is not. I don't know. I'm. I am a huge basketball fan, as you know, and I feel like the NBA just sort of gets it in terms of how do you manage challenging cultural right. issues. The NFL is just totally. They seem very just, old. School. Yeah, and just kind of tone deaf. So. Yeah, anyway. I would. I would
1: say that I absolutely love the NFL, um, just the sport, and I'm. I'm very. I, I feel like they're in a low in the season of my enjoyment of how they do stuff. Right. I mean, it's just like the bottom of the barrel for me lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I really love football. I, th- yeah. I think that's a blast. That was something that I had in common with my dad. We enjoyed that a lot. As a matter of fact, the day that he died, I read, um, I read to him because he could only listen. He uh-huh. couldn't. He couldn't speak, and I read to him Sports Illustrated, talking about all the new quarterbacks oh, and everything. Yeah, so wow. I was reading football to him the day yeah. that he died.
0: Well, and that's—I mean, what a what a beautiful picture of uh, you and I've talked about this before. Just how yeah. sports is a bonding agent. I mean, for yes. for for women as well as, as men. I don't yes. mean to make it a no, it solely is. single gender thing, but you know, it's it it's a bond. It's a way to to bond and connect over these things, and it goes beyond sports, which is fun. And I think football that happens more with football in the United States yes. than probably in any other. Sport, well, cool. I also
1: think that one of the reasons is there's so few games um in comparison. So okay. the average NBA season is how long? You know this. 82 games. 82 games. How about how about uh baseball? 162. 162. How many football? 16. 16. There you go. <laughs> so what happens is oh, hockey. That's a good hockey. call. How what?
0: many? How many? 82? 82. All right. Same as the NBA.
1: I should be able to remember that. I did not know that. All right. Um, When you have that many games, what happens is there's quick turnover, and so the storylines tend to get disjointed. When you have a long week where you're talking about what's going to be happening, there's a lot of buildup. So like, oh, is Patrick Mahomes going to be able to keep doing what he's doing? What's going to happen when... uh, Carson Wentz is out and Nick Foles steps in. And then they start thinking back, well, you remember last time that happened? They actually went to the Super Bowl and they were Super Bowl winners. And it allows the story to build. Yeah. Because to me, anything that is popular in the world surrounds story. Hmm. So uh, whether it's celebrities or whatever it is, you want the stories.
0: And I think that football lets a story build Longer than the other ones. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, but I think you're right because there is, like you said, there's that time between yes to reflect and it builds. Yeah. Or you even look at as much as I love sports, I don't consume a ton of sports media that's not related to the actual games themselves. Like I don't read tons of analysis. I'll read some, sure, but not not a whole lot. But you think about and I pretty much never watch sports analysis on TV. Even as a sports fan, I don't really get the appeal of some of that. But that's frustrating uh, to me. But but, uh, the but you have two weeks before the Super yes. Bowl to build it. And, and it's so much more than just the game. It's the personalities and the backstory yes. stories. And, oh, the young coach and the old coach and all this stuff. But so here's what's really crazy to me is that we talked a minute ago about television. The Super Bowl, uh, you look back on 2018. Super Bowl was the most watched primetime telecast across all genres in 2018. 43 million viewers. The next watched, so second place, also a football game. Less than half, 17.3 million viewers. This Is Us was third at 11.9. My wife was one of those. Uh, And the remainder of the top 10 telecasts in 2018, all football games, all of those games beat out the Olympics. They beat out the Grammys. They beat out the Oscars, the World Series, the NBA Finals, everything. And during the fall, during the football season, 46 of the top 50 most watched telecasts in the United States during the NFL season Football games. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, there's a lot of TV, Lance. That's that's (laughs) insane. And football beats all of them. So you've talked about the storyline element of it. Yes. Uh, Why else do you think? I mean, football is so massively popular. And I guess I just, I, again, I'm a, I'm a super nerd NBA fan. I'm a more casual NFL fan. I just didn't. Did not get the magnitude of this. Why why do you think why else do you think it's such a big?
1: Um, Okay, so I'm going to be thinking healthy things. Right. So I'll let you focus on the negative. Uh, No, I don't think you have negative. I'm just kidding. Um, I would just say that um, think about tailgating. right? Right. So there are not tailgating soccer games. There are not tailgating NBA games. You don't tailgate at an NBA game. You can, but it's not really tailgating. It's not the same thing. Right. Uh, you don't tailgate at any of the other. It's usually a football game. Is the idea that everybody gets together and they have food with it. Yep. Right. So there's this whole we're all eating together and we're. So to me, it is one of the few big community events. Mm-hmm that america has yeah. i don't yeah. think we have a lot of community
0: can i say something about that yeah. real quick so back in college when i was at ucla i would go to pretty much all the football games yes and it was always amazing to me to show up for a game and walk through the parking lot yeah and see the setup that people had for their oh, tailgating it's huge. it is i mean I, i've just never really been a part of that culture i've tailgated yep. maybe once or twice in my life for all the you know hundreds of events i've been to i haven't really been a tailgater it's i mean yeah. TVs, you got these grills that are like better than most people Absolutely. have in their homes. And I actually think it's really cool the way, like you said, the community element of it, yep. that this is, hey, on uh, Saturdays when our, our team is in town, we show up at nine, we tailgate till three, and then we go to the game together. It's yes. like, what All a fun day community. I think that's awesome. Well,
1: it's huge. And so, um, you know, my kids go to Folsom High, right? Which has a tremendous, yeah. you know, they won state. Right, oh, yeah. and, and so as long as they've been there, they've been in this crazy winning team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tailgating there, literally at a <laughs> high school game. Wow. So it's the whole parking lot. There's people that are all set up and doing and grilling and all that for a high school football game. Now, yeah. now if you're in the South... That's normal to you (laughs) because those are football communities. That's not the case necessarily always in the north or especially on the coast, right? So the idea that you would have a football community up in northern California is a little weird. So I've watched that develop. So to me, because you look at it, everybody has a part to play. It's basically Mm -hmm. like a a barbecue, right? So in a barbecue, the kids get to play together together. The wives get to talk together, the guys get to eat together, right? And then everybody has this event that's community-driven. That's Mm -hmm. why I think that football keeps carrying on, because when you look at, um, if you go to a Super Bowl party, a lot of people aren't even watching the game.
0: Right. They're still
1: hanging with each other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Except to quiet down during the commercials. Yes, right? absolutely. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I think you're right. I think that the the community element, and to your point earlier about how the the games are spaced out. Yes. Uh, and then also the fact that uh, this isn't necessarily true for high school, but I think the fact that for most college games they happen or, or NFL games they yeah. happen during the day. Yes. Which is creates sort of a different dynamic in terms of right. the tailgating and everything else. So one of my uh, kind of Weird theories yes. as to the, the popularity of football. Well, here's here's one that's not weird, and then I'll give you one that's weird. I think people gravitate to football because the basics are extremely simple. You got to move the ball, get it in the end zone. You either row it, you you either run it or you throw it. Okay. So that's enough that you can sort of scoop up your person who doesn't know anything, doesn't care, doesn't really, isn't interested in strategy. They can get it. There are certain sport like I watch cricket and I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on They here, don't understand right? either. I don't think they do either. They're just making it up as they go. But uh, um, football is very simple. But on the whole other end of the spectrum, football is an unbelievably comp- complex game when you get into the ins and outs. I made a comment while watching the Super Bowl uh, to my aunt that I said, I don't really understand football and she's like what what are you talking about like you like you're totally into this stuff and that's true i am totally into this stuff but there is a level of sophistication oh yeah that is so far beyond my understanding so i think it's kind of interesting that you can have a broad range of fans who can all sort of engage with the same thing
1: well okay so it's funny that you say that because in now you have to remember, I've been surrounded by women my whole life, right? <laughs> so I'm only around, you know, my wife, my daughters, my mom, my, you know, my sister. I've always been around women my whole life, yep. and I have heard my whole life that it's a complicated sport, and they don't get it. Uh. So it's none of them understood it. <laughs> now I think like basketball, you go, your whole goal is put it in that little hoop. Mm-hmm. That to me is easy. I think hockey's complicated because you're supposed to just get it in that little goal. The problem is. Everything goes weird. Seems hard to do. It seems really hard to do, (laughs) and it seems like I can't follow the puck, and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, And then, so, like, soccer, you go, you have to kick it in that goal, but – Football has so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more complicated because it has more people on the field at the same time. Yep. Cause and then they go, wait, why does that guy get to throw it and the other guys don't get to? Well, why is that guy running behind him? So can you run it or do you have to throw it? Well, you can do both. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. there's, there's a lot. so much going on. It's funny that you think of it as simplistic when in fact
0: I've only heard it's complicated. Um but I think you're right. Well, from a strategic standpoint, yeah, I do think it's incredibly complicated, far yeah. more so than most other sports. Right. So anyway, now here, my other weird theory. Yes, I'm is ready for this. I one. think part of the reason we love football is the anonymity of it. We okay. can't see the. It's 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 violent and visceral, and that's yep. part of why we like it. And yep. The same reason why NASCAR is popular because people like the crashes. I'm not saying right. every NASCAR fan is in it for the crashes, but right. that's part of what draws people to it. I think the the violence of the and the physicality of the game is appealing to people. But I think the fact that we can't see their faces and these are it almost is like they're interchangeable parts on a field. Uh, I think on some level that allows us to connect in with it more than we'd be able to if we could see their faces, see the pain, see the emotion, and all of that. And it's funny to me because as a I'm a fan of the San Francisco 49ers and UCLA Bruins I'm how many of the 49ers football players would I be able to like if they were walking down the street other than realizing right. like hey that's a big buff dude that could probably break things <laughs> right like would I be able to recognize their faces right. maybe a half dozen? Whereas I could probably recognize half of the players in the entire NBA, you know, like it's just, it's a totally different thing. And I think we're able to have some distance from it and somehow that draws us in a little bit more. Now, it's a weird okay. theory. It but is I, a weird you know, theory.
1: Okay. So let me, let me play with that one for a moment because I, I think in one sense, you're absolutely right. So I will tell you that the violence is acceptable because of the anonymity. Um, meaning it looks like robots out there. So if one guy gets hit, and you can go, "Oh, what a good hit! Dang!" Well, they're they're all covered up, so you can't see that 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 was so and so's son that just got right. destroyed, <laughs> and then his spine is broken. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that does help. Yeah. Um, but I would actually argue that. The storylines would be better if you could see their face and the emotion of it. I do think the anonymity kind of ruins it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still drawn in, despite that. In my opinion, I'm like, man, you can't even see these guys, and you. It, it, so I don't
0: know if that draws in or it's a hard thing. I, I'm not sure. Well, I can see how. I mean, yeah, you can sort of play that both ways. Yeah, I mean, on some on some level, it allows us to accept the violence of it, but it. It does inhibit the sense of personal connection, which you feel when you can see more of a person.
1: Now, I will say this. Um, I know that you are um, you struggle a lot more with the violence, Uh right, of that thing. Now, to a traditional football fan. Uh So I grew up around my dad liking football. Yep. I was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys under Tom Landry and the Pittsburgh Steelers when they had Franco Harris, right? So we're going way back. Oh, yeah. Terry Bradshaw. Yes, guys, Terry Bradshaw. So, so as a old-school football fan, the, the sport today is not violent at all. <laughs> like Like, literally, you can't touch the quarterback. The minute he gets it out of his hand, you're not allowed to get near him. The punter... Or the, you're not allowed to touch the guy. There's so many rules. You can't push off. You can't hit helmet to helmet. You can't do this. You Defense can't do that. stuff. Everything yeah. is protected. And so for an old school fan to hear that it's violent today doesn't even make sense. You're going, there's no violence. Everybody's c- protecting everybody. They have the best pads, the mm-hmm. best helmets, the best everything. And um, the reality is is that most of the injuries are non-visible injuries. It's the, and that makes, that's a very different way of thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, you like the movie concussion and all that stuff. When you start realizing that there is damage to the body, but it's not like it used to be. It used to be,
0: they were smashing (laughs) into each other and there was no rules like that. Yeah. And, and guys are suffering now in ways that are out of the, the limelight. Yes. Whether it's, whether it's the CTE and you know the brain stuff, or even guys that are limping for the rest of their lives, that it's like you know yes. nobody knows that so and so superstar quarterback can hardly get out of the bed in the morning in his fifties because well you know yes over and done with we're we're watching the guy who's going to be that in twenty years absolutely <laughs> so, and
1: and because our medicine is so good yeah it can mask anything in the moment yeah no
0: that's absolutely right so the we're talking about football but the Super Bowl itself. Why do you think it is so popular? Because it really does seem like the world stops for this game. It's almost, And it's, it's it's a notable thing to not watch it, whereas yes. it's not a notable thing to not watch pretty much anything else. I think it's interesting, just as a social dynamic, forgetting the fact that it happens to be a football game, why do you think it is so popular for those who are fans and non-fans alike? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, It's one of those... Uh,
1: building on the mass amount of people, um, it's that you want to be able to say a little something about it because it's going to come up in conversation. So a lot of people make a lot more want to watch it, make a lot more want to watch it. It builds, yep. right? That's really what happened. It became a cultural phenomenon because now someone's going to go, oh, dude, did you see the game? Right. You don't want to be the left out one. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, I didn't. It. Now, I do think there's other things that are like that. So in certain... Uh, groups, people are going to go, oh, have you been watching the Olympics? Mm-hmm. But it's more okay to say, nah, I stepped out of it. I, I'm not watching this year. Yeah, That's not as big of a deal. Yeah. As opposed to there's so much money and you know 43 million people just watch the Super Bowl
0: and you're going to turn around and go, did you watch it? And they go, no, it makes you an outsider. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. I, I think that's very true. I think two other, uh, two other elements of it is that even in our isolated society – uh, cultural gatherings are popular, uh, and they're oh, important. Yeah. So, so a, the Super Bowl again, forgetting that it happens to be a sporting event, as a cultural gathering point. That's it. I think there is still something in us that we are looking for a reason to get together. Uh, and then also, yep. and we're gonna we're gonna get into to more of this kind of for the remainder of the episode. Now, there's a lot going on in the Super Bowl for non-fans, right? Absolutely. Uh, in most sporting events, there is not a big draw except for the game, with the possible exception if it's a huge event, they'll have somebody famous sing the national anthem. Right. But it's, you're there for the game. Whereas yes. you could be just bored to tears by football and still have kind of a fun time watching the Super Bowl because of the halftime show, commercials, all of that. So it is interesting, its ability to bring together people of diverse interests in a way that, yeah. like, I, you know, I don't care about movies, so I'm not watching the Academy Awards. Right. I don't care. I'll maybe look at an awards list afterwards, but... I, it, not going to watch no interest whatsoever, but like nope. there aren't interesting commercials in the Oscars to nope. draw me in. No. Right. So here's the thing. I feel like the
1: NFL did the best job capturing what a live sporting event is like. Okay. So for example, um, I do not need to follow the river cats to know their, their, their record. Right. Mm, right. I mean, I, I, every once in a while I'll listen to a game, but I love going live. Why oh, do yeah. you love going live? Because during a live sporting event, there's stuff in all the commercial breaks. There's stuff happening, and it's supposed to entertain your kids. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to entertain non-sports fans. Sometimes it's wives or husbands. You know what I mean? Saying where they're like, "I'm not gonna ever watch this on TV." Yep. But there's so much going on yep. that's talking. You know, there's the little the races on the big screen and the <laughs> jumbotron and the dance off and the kiss cam and the you know there's so much. I think the NFL has done such a good job making it feel like that. Mm. Saying, listen, even if you're not even into the game, right. the sheer atmosphere that you got fun commercials and you got crazy stuff going on, you got a whole concert in the middle of it, you got crazy commercial, you know what I'm saying? Yep. They've done a great job to say, we are going to bombard you
0: with a variety of multi-sensory right. for a bunch of different groups. Yeah. And that brings a lot of people in. Now, uh, some might be asking, or some might wonder, okay, why, okay, your your pastors, your church is a Podcast presented by a church. We're audience of Christ followers. Right. Why the heck are we talking about the Super Bowl? Uh, the reason we're talking about it is because part of our call as Christ followers is to understand our culture and to understand what is going on around us. And uh, again, this is this is an unprecedented cultural event. And and more than that, we can learn a lot from the culture by studying the mass media by studying what is being shown to us and what is it that people are paying attention to. And I think that the Super Bowl gives us a unique window into kind of the, the general sort of, you know, pardon the term, but the sort of the zeitgeist of the era. I mean that metaphorically, not literally because we have things like the halftime show that are, that are designed to appeal to a wide audience. We have all of these ads that are playing on different, different emotions that, that, Corporate executives and study groups and ad people think, oh, this is going to connect to sell our product, which tells you a lot about the culture, right? Absolutely. And as, as Christ followers, we need to. Now, we can we can talk about positives and negatives to a lot of these cultural assumptions and a lot of these ideas that seem to generate buzz in our culture but as christ followers we need to not be ignorant of them we need to recognize that they're there so that's what we're going to talk about for the remainder of the episode is just sort of elements that stuck out to us from diff- from these non football parts of the game and then what we can learn from them what do they tell us about our culture so let's start with one where i know you're going to have a lot more thoughts than i than i will uh, let's talk about the halftime show yeah. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Big Boy, all of that. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So it was, you know, I watch every Super Bowl and every halftime show for a long, long time. It was flat out lame. <laughs> um, I am a Maroon 5 fan in the sense that they have an ability to write a catchy song that becomes a bestseller. mm mm-hmm. uh, who they're working with, how they organize it out is stunning to me. Mm. Um, they have uh, usually a very captivating front man named Adam Levine. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think Ham? Lance? And uh, I <laughs> have a bit of a man crush on the dude, personally. Um, and yet, I also... He drives me nuts because I get the impression that his personality is horrible. Um, but anyway... So, sure enough, they go into this big halftime show, and Maroon 5 is one of the biggest bands on the planet right now, and it was just a yawner. It wasn't (laughs) even a good concert. Like, normally, you got people coming in on, you know, big old huge animatronics, and you got stuff flying all over the place. You also have them interacting with each other, like, oh, there's a cameo with this, and it was a flat-out boring, awkward-dancing Adam Levine, which by the way, how he lost his soul and suddenly started (laughs) dancing like me, dude, that was so embarrassing. He was moving along with some of the other guys, like with Travis Scott and stuff like, and I was like, please stop dancing. (laughs) What is going on with you? You look look like I just woke up and decided to do that. Like,
0: I'm going to dance now. Oh, it was terrible.
1: And like, he normally has some type of cool vibe. It Mm. was completely gone. And then, The only thing they could do in order to keep people's interest is he just began to disrobe. That was it. (laughs) So he would take off his jacket and had a new jacket. Then he'd take off his shirt and then they finished the concert. That was it. Um, You had Travis Scott doing his thing and it was like, oh, that was somewhat interesting. Oh, you had Big Boy do his big fur coat thing. Oh, that was interesting. Really, it wasn't. All of it was lame. So. What they try to do, and I always find this fascinating because the halftime show is saying, what music does America want to hear? Mm-hmm. So they've had everything from Metallica on there. They've had Katy Perry. They've had, you know, it was not supposed to be Maroon 5. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was supposed to be other bands, yeah. you know, and other more popular people. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is how do you say what music America wants? Yeah. Because no matter what you're going to put up there, a huge portion of the nation's going to hate. Yep. You know, and so the, one of the, the cool things that they can grab all these different groups and uh, meaning of uh, around the table, you can have people that love it because you got country people that love this stuff. You have city people that love this, love Super Bowl. And now you have to pick a genre. Yep. And it's just going to bomb with somebody. Yeah. Um, so the only way you can get away with it is do something either shocking that mm-hmm. people will talk about. There's been a number of those. (laughs) Or you do something that is overwhelming and amazing. So, like, I think live, one of the things that they did is they had these hanging lights that moved around. And then Mm -hmm. they ended up spelling out love when he was talking about love. If if you saw the outside of the stadium, they were shooting off the huge amount of fireworks. Everyone in Atlanta knew when it was halftime. I mean, the (laughs) amount of fire that was shooting out of that building was incredible. So, but they did none of those things this time there was nothing interesting about it and it was a (laughs) lame concert with an awkward dancing
0: dude how do you really feel there you go. <laughs> there you go. So I read a few different reviews of the performance. Yes. And this was, I'm going to read you the first paragraph of, this was a, a great one. So first of all, the headline, and I'm a little bit of a word nerd, and this is why I like the New Yorkers, because their writers are really, really gifted writers, is the, the headline was, the artless spectacle of Maroon 5 at the Super Bowl. <laughs> And here's the first paragraph, which this is actually, I learned some interesting things in in this, but uh, there may be no gig less desirable than the Super Bowl halftime show. It is unpaid and wildly laborious, and the acts booked to perform it are usually so deep into already prosperous careers that the lone carrot, a television audience of around 100 million, seems unnecessary if not unenticing. The NFL courts provocateurs but forbids any actual provocation, thus ensuring, with rare exceptions, an expertly but largely bloodless show. The whole debacle feels stressful. A psychotic melody performed without spontaneity. Why bother? (laughs) Dude, that's super good.
1: It (laughs) is. I mean, it's brutal to do. It's
0: almost like hosting. You Remember there was a recent thing about
1: trying to host some of these uh, Academy Awards and all these Grammys and stuff? Because Mm -hmm. everyone critiques you. Yeah. I mean, you're up there to be slammed. Yeah, you're just going so to get mocked. You're going to get mocked no matter what happens. Right. There, so it does It does seem brutal, um, but it's an honor. Yeah. So you kind of go through the hoops to get the honor. I
0: guess. Well, and this year, yeah, they had a lot of people turn them down. So they, if they yes. had a hard time even getting, even getting Maroon 5, which are a number of reasons for that. But all right, enough about all that. Let's get to the good stuff. We're talking some commercials here, Amen. so uh, a lot of people who tune into the Super Bowl uh, do it for the commercials, right? Yes. Uh, at my house, there was—I referenced this a moment ago. There was—we uh, didn't have a lot of people over, just a few family, but there was plenty of conversation during the game and almost none <laughs> during uh, the, the commercials. And we talked yep. a minute ago about how the commercials are interesting because they're an attempt by brands to connect with people. Yes. I think there's also part of a part part that is interesting uh, that. The Super Bowl ads are just so expensive, $5.1 million for a 30-second spot, Yes, that there's something about that that's like, okay, how are they going to spend their $5 bucks? That know? is the number one yeah. interesting thing to me, is I'm saying you're
1: going to blow a huge amount of money on a 30, 15, maybe one-minute spot. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all you got. Yeah, that's those, true. Are your, those are your seconds. And in those seconds,
0: how in the world are you going to justify yep. what you just paid? Yep. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Okay, I need to pause us for a second. I'm going to reference the comments that we're getting live on Facebook for the first time. Oh, I think fantastic. In about 40 episodes, I love yeah. it. Because lots of people are pointing out, and uh, forgive us, listeners, we have not yet mentioned, uh, Gladys Knight was fantastic. The National Anthem, she was tremendous. So I don't know if you caught that part, Lance, oh. but Gladys Knight sung the National Anthem, and she was amazing. Okay, well, honestly, I miss the National Anthem.
1: I actually, they had already, the kickoff was in the air, When I finally got to the TV because I was doing something with helping my daughter out and then I ran upstairs and I was like, okay, I got to, I got to solve this and I got to run upstairs (laughs) and I was like, I'm in and the ball was
0: in the air. In the air. Okay. Well, she was great. It's worth, uh, it's worth, worth watching. Okay. So some interesting, first of all, and we're going to share some of our favorite and least favorite ads here in a second, but, uh, some interesting themes I found in some of these so you had, first of all, some companies are trying to either repair their image yep. or correct thinking. So Verizon, for example, which got in huge trouble because they were throttling the data for first responders <laughs> during the Mendocino fires. And even like even when Verizon or when the first responder said, hey, Verizon, we need your help. We, we rely on your data to coordinate our, our rescue efforts here. <laughs> Verizon still wouldn't do it until they oh, upgraded their plan. That. So yeah. So Verizon was in real big trouble for that. So they did some actually really beautiful ads honoring first responders and saying how when that call is made we're there to help you except they weren't, weren't. at one time <laughs> yeah. so you got Verizon trying to trying to you know fix Save their, their bacon yeah uh, you've got the NFL which not so much in the ads but there were I noticed a ton of spots during the game uh, trying where the NFL is trying to say hey look we care about social justice as we're well, anyway, I don't want to get into the Kaepernick stuff, but like their, their, their reputation has taken a hit for their horrible handling of that situation. And I would say just not being honest about the situation. So they've taken a big hit for that. So they're trying to do a lot of ads like, Hey, the NFL cares about social justice. Uh, and then you've got things like the Washington post, which had a tremendous ad with Tom Hanks, who was recently in that movie. It was just called the post. Post, yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, talking about the importance of Journalism, and we've right. we've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about the importance of media and all that stuff. So I thought that was an interesting theme. Uh, Want to talk about any of these other themes we saw in in some ads that appeared again and again? Well, the, the thing that was so odd to me is how many
1: robotics were involved. I thought that was so bizarre. Um, if we're just talking about just in general, kind of a theme, yeah. Because really, you have all these ad agencies, and I think it's the case with movies where. People start talking in the industry, and they're like, hey, we're really going to start leaning into comic book movies. And then all of a sudden, all the studios start making comic book movies. Yeah. Or they're like, wow, we're really going into the Nicholas Sparks vibe, and then everybody makes something that's weepy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think that ad agencies do the same thing, where they're going to go, hey, we're really leaning in towards a future focus. How about you guys do – and, and they're not saying you guys do it too, mm-hmm. but what's going to be popular? Yep. But still, these are ad agencies keeping a lockdown on what their real commercial is. Mm-hmm. And yet, there's this consistent theme that went through it of artificial intelligence. Yeah. A whole bunch of commercials about robotics. Yeah. And and it's like, why this year was it a big robotics theme? Mm-hmm. Um, very bizarre. Which, by the way, speaking of a commercial. So, I, I believe that... Um, what's the name of the James Corden's new show that, that ha- happened right after the... F- Super Bowl. Oh god. It's like I don't uh world oh, world's, world's best, best, or, best like that. or Yeah,
0: it's basically CBS's version of America's Got Talent. <laughs> exactly. But they
1: showed an uh an ad for that. Uh-huh. And did you see the one-armed violin player? Yes.
0: Holy. That was unbelievable. Cow. I mean that yeah, that got my attention li- big time.
1: It literally stunned me that you have this this young uh Asian lady doing these incredible moves and her one hand is playing the top of the violin and an elect uh, um what was I? Prosthetic. Prosthetic uh, arm. Yeah. But it was just it wasn't even a prosthetic arm. It was like uh wires and cables coming and it was this robotic arm that was that was doing the bow. Yeah. Wow. That was pretty stunning. Okay, so that was that was flat out stunning. But it was so interesting because everything kind of had this technology future mm-hmm. robotic vibe. And I, I find it fascinating. How did that happen? Yeah. How did they all get on the same page? So that was somewhat weird.
0: independently of one another. Yeah, uh, it's, well, and it yeah, somehow I mean, it, they're it's, talking; it's, it's getting out. It speaks to uh, I think there's a lot of uh, a big underlying tension in, in our society right now is sort yeah. of uh, leaning into robotics and artificial intelligence in, yeah. in some ways. I mean, it's uh, I joke that uh, do, do you have a, an, an Alexa in your home or something like that? Uh, Google yeah, home but or my anything?
1: my daughters use her for music okay. upstairs, so, so we don't get to see her so very you often. You don't see
0: her see her much, but the way that I describe. Uh, Alexa or Google Home or Apple whatever they call theirs whatever you're into is it's one of those things that you don't realize you need until you have it and need is too <laughs> right. strong a word yes but that it's is like, too strong we use ours all the time right oh that's uh, funny and if if you don't have one you're like that's stupid I thought it was stupid when you know my mom like got us a little like hockey puck version for yes. Christmas a few years ago and I'm like what are we gonna do with this now it's like yep what would we ever do without Alexa? You know, so so but I, I, don't say, even, I don't even use Siri. I think we, people yeah, know. we lean into this stuff. Siri's another uh, another example. But there's a lot of okay. What does this mean for us as a society? What yes. does this mean for the future? And even one of the um, one of the robotics ads. I think it was for Michelob Ultra, was all about kind of the the robot doing all these different things and yes. then showing us at the end the robot was unable to enjoy the beverage. But I, I think more uh, poignantly was unable to enjoy the camaraderie. Yes, of people were humanness. in the bar
1: and everyone was connecting, and they were on the outside.
0: Yeah, so it was a totally different, different sort of vibe there. Um, I think also we saw interesting. This is a broad spectrum here, but you always see interesting advocacy in yes, different ads. Yes. Uh, I've read a lot of things online that said the ads this year were a lot more mellow in terms of there wasn't a lot that was very provocative. Which right. Uh, yeah, you know me. Fine. I'm fine with sort of walking through provocative stuff, but I'm good with ads not being provocative. That's that's okay. Uh, totally. But I thought I thought Budweiser had sort of a clever ad where they played the the answer is blowing in the wind song with talking about how their beer is made with wind energy. Now, yes. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk in a minute because I know you loved, and so did I. The yeah. Bud Light no corn syrup. Okay, ad I, I love that. Was one. funny. Uh, Microsoft had that great ad about uh, m- creating video game controllers to assist kids with oh. special needs. Uh, and then we already talked about Washington Post with the the news media. So there were some interesting but advocacy components. There was here. also
1: the one where it was talking about empowering young ladies. Um, and so that one with Bumble, which I I didn't I didn't really was, understand I the connection was, to the thing.
0: I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I met my wife before dating apps were a thing. So forgive me, I'm a little ignorant in the dating app world. But I I didn't quite get how the I don't know the connection between dating app and empowerment. I missed that. Well, here's the funny thing. I didn't know it was a dating app. <laughs>
1: I didn't even know what it was. I literally was, because I was I was fascinated by the idea that they were talking you know, if, hey, if if I would have fallen through with what everybody said, you'll never be anything, you know, mm-hmm. and it was very much girl empowerment. Yeah. And all of a sudden we got to the end and I was like, I, I assume that that
0: was some type of care product. Hmm.
1: I had no idea. As
0: a father of daughters, were you thinking, oh, great, let's empower them. You know, girls, get the Bumble app. And then you found out what it was, and you're like, girls, delete the Bumble (laughs) app immediately. (laughs) We're not doing that. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Okay, so uh, now we're going to talk favorites. Favorites, least favorites, and a few other things. So here's what we're going to do. We're each going to share, and and we'll start with you uh, here. We're each going to share an ad we thought was funny, an ad that made us think, an ad that we just liked, and then an ad that we thought was a big miss, and we'll try to pepper in in some sort of what does this tell us culturally, or why do these ads resonate as we do that. So let's start with the the fun one, uh, which is just uh, funny. What what ad did you find? Most funny. Well, I want to say this as well. If you guys are watching uh, live
1: with us and everything, um, or you're online, and it, please send in yours because yeah, yeah. I would love to know what you all think. Um, that makes it even funnier for us, even if it was just the funny ones or what you thought was important to you. Um, and sorry, I just realized I'm kind of turning my back to you. I apologize. That was uncomfortable. All right. So my funny one, I loved... The but now I've always thought Bud Light has done an amazing job. Well, whoever their ad company is, they're funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- even in my family, so here's the funny thing we don't have beer in our household. And literally, my kids, we walk by each other and we go, dilly-dilly. <laughs> and it's, it's just funny because <laughs> I don't even know what it means. And the guy keeps <laughs> saying it in the but, in the commercials. And my daughters, who don't drink either, will go, dilly-dilly. And we think it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So whatever ad agency they use they're they're killer really? i mean it was everything from the budweiser frog back in the day yep. you know what i mean um, one. oh man yeah. anyway so when they did the corn syrup one and i love the idea where they look very serious about something and they yep. go hey we got a shipment of corn syrup <laughs> and it's this enormous like keg thing <laughs> And it is like three times the size of a human being. And they're like, well, that's strange. We don't use corn syrup in our beer. And so they're like, it must be, you know, it was like, I think it was, it must be Miller Lights. Miller, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So they go, it must be Miller Lights. <laughs> and so they, they do this like almost like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, like Trek, yep. where they're like going over and it's rolling down the hill and they're trying to stop it and they finally get there and they're like, nope, we got our <laughs> shipment this morning. That's not ours. But we do use corn syrup, right? So that was the whole point. Right. And they're like, it must be Coors Light. Well, then they have to go up to the snowy mountains, well, right? Really, like cross the sea too. They're like fighting some yeah. sea Oh, they're monster. fighting the kraken. <laughs> yeah. um, and But what, it's so funny because, you know, on Coors Light, you always have the snowy mountain, right, yep. on the can. Yeah. So they're battling the snow and they get all the way up there and they're like, nope, that's not our, you know. And it was, they're like, don't get me wrong. We do use corn syrup. So- to me, the highest form of humor is wit where there is something that was either unexpected or they wove a bunch of things in there and Mm -hmm. they're making fun of themselves and, I think that stuff is absolutely hilarious. Yep. So that was that was my big win. No, yep,
0: I'm with you. I I love that one. I really liked the Hyundai ad with Jason Bateman where they're advertising their uh, shopper assurance thing where Jason Bateman is the old like elevator guy and he's taking people up and down to different floors <laughs> on the he's elevator so great. where they have to go to different undesirable things like a root canal <laughs> yeah. or jury duty yes. or the talk and all of that. And and here's what I here's what I love about the I mean I'm just entertained by it. First of all, it's just funny. But on a deeper level why I like what I, I like when ads can, A, recognize, okay, we know that people don't like this. yes they, We know that people don't like these things. And specifically for a company to recognize there is part of our kind of deal here that people really hate. And that is going to a right. lot to buy a car, right? As a consumer, I mean, we bought our last car five years ago and I did everything I could to minimize the amount of time to avoid. I spent at the dealership. Absolutely. And they recognize, Hey, uh, you hate this. So yes. we're going to make it easier on you. So it was, it was humor in a variety of different ways, mixed with some self-awareness and some self-deprecation. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to buy a car immediately, but I probably will in the next year or two. And I definitely went to Hyundai's website. I'm like, Oh, they have a way to buy a car without having to deal with, <laughs> you know, salesperson. Like, I'm interested, right? So I thought it was was a great commercial.
1: Very effective. And it was, and just the funny, dry humor of, you know, uh, oh, you're going down, way down. You know what (laughs) I mean? And then it was all about what's worse. Right. Oh, it was fantastic. (laughs) The last line. (laughs) of the whole thing. You almost like, if you moved on, you almost missed it. And he was just like, well, what, oh, what, was, what it? was it? Uh, it was like something like back it up, colon guy, colon guy. Yeah. Like
0: he was going in for a colonoscopy. Like, you got it. He's like, Nope, you yeah, got to go yeah. lower. You're in. Yeah. That was, that was pretty good. So, okay. So uh, lots of ads that, that made us, made us laugh. And, uh, some others that have been pointed out here online was the, uh, the Pepsi ad with Lil John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh, only knew about okay. him. I only knew about him from the show The Apprentice. That's the only reason oh, why I knew man. Little John. Yeah, little John. He, was he has randomly performed at King's Games. Twice the last two years. Oh, I don't know bizarre. why. It's very strange. I don't get it. But anyway, uh, so that one was a good one. The Dor- people liked the Doritos one with, uh, uh, Chance the Rapper and, um, the Backstreet Boys. That oh, that's a, right. That yes. was a good one. And, uh, anyway, a few others, a few others there. So, uh, what about an ad that made you think or that you thought was, was thoughtful or interesting? Um, okay. So here's the thing. This is this is the beauty of being behind everybody else.
1: Mm-hmm. When you see something and you go, ooh, that's amazing. And everyone in the room goes, yeah, they've had that for a while. <laughs> okay. So when you're ignorant, I still get amazed, yeah. right? I The Google Translate, when they held up the phone in a, in a foreign country and they were reading all the signs, that yep. was crazy to me. Yeah. And my kids were like, yeah, they've had that for a while. Okay, but that whole concept that he was trying to encourage the Mm -hmm. other lady and he would Google Translate, he would talk into his phone, it would translate for her, and there Mm -hmm. was connection. It was a whole point of connection all across the world. What made me think was saying that's a game changer, that you are now crossing barriers, and it's because of a technology that will allow the world to interact normally and for millennia, which has blocked people they're removing yep. that to me is stunning that is a
0: earth game changing yeah. technology and ads like that don't work if there is not some basic human desire to connect absolutely right and that is uh evident. I still think that's it's, evident about the whole Super Bowl. Yeah. So which is which is pretty interesting. What so, did you have? so mine, which kind of similar concept but different idea, was the the Microsoft ad for the controller that can be utilized by children who, because of medical conditions or whatever else, can't use traditional controllers. Now that was crazy. I had heard about this ad beforehand because my wife, who's an occupational therapist, was very excited because some OTs were involved in the making of the, the product. And it was really beautiful to me because I'm not really a gamer. Like I have, you know, I have a little basketball game I play on my phone from time to time, but I've never really been a big video game guy. Uh, and my parents were super strict about it when I was a kid, so it's easy, I think, to hate on gaming as this sort of antisocial thing, as a lazy thing, or you know, whatever else. Right. And like a lot of entertainment, it can certainly be that, or it can be something that brings people together. And the fact is, for for those who, because of various, you know, genetic medical conditions, what have you, who cannot participate in other sorts of activities, it can be a way. Gaming in the 21st century is not a solitary experience. No, it is not. Right? It's a lot of. It your, is one of the
1: most connective yeah. elements
0: of society for young men. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So the idea that a young person who is unable to participate physically in sporting activities yes. in other sort of more active endeavors that they've created a product that will bring that person in and they can play on a level playing field with others. And again, just like Google with the language thing, breaking down barriers to bring people together, that's pretty inspiring to
1: me. Well, I mean, it goes back to that same thing where, you know, you remember on the recess, uh, there's the the kid that was in the wheelchair and couldn't join in. You know, so we've dealt with this with sports, and all of a sudden you started seeing some of the Paralympics, and you started seeing some of those things getting you know, those barriers broken through. Uh, I, now I had seen, they had already had an ad with one of those young kids. Mm -hmm. I've already seen that prior ad done. So I already knew that they were starting to work on that, but when they had them
0: all in there together, going against each other and everything, it was, it was powerful. That's that's pretty cool. All right. Now we're going to move to ad that you liked. And this is the ad that people are talking about the most in the comments here. The ad that you're going to pick for the one that you liked. And I picked the two I just want to say that I liked it too. That's the only reason I brought, that up. but I like you to be the one to introduce it. So, so uh, talk to us about your ad that you just thought was great.
1: Oh, th- honestly, my favorite one on that was the NFL 100. Yep. I mean, that was the you know Roger Goodell's up front, and there's all these stars from every era, uh-huh. and it was I, I mean, what a beautiful thing of tying in. A lot of people already know football because you're watching a football event, right. but now you have the stars from everywhere. Yep. You got funny things where Tom Brady's like, hold on, and he's trying to pull <laughs> off all of his rings and put them all into the hands. Yep. You know, he's like, I can't do this yet. They added in little um, snippets. Now, not everybody knew who Saquon Barkley was. Not everybody knew who some of these people, you know, Emmett Smith and, yeah. you know, and then, um, so there was a lot of inside jokes. Totally, um, And... At the same, you know, not only that, but there's a lot of physical humor. Like they were uh-huh. grabbing people and slamming <laughs> them into, you know. Of course, they oh, yeah. the body doubles and all <laughs> right, that right. stuff. But it looked, it was funny, it was captivating. I didn't want to move my eyes off of it because I was afraid I was going to miss a star. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they they were coming so fast, and the idea that you would have different eras together in the same room, uh-huh. and then they even dropped in some other ones that made you go, hmm. Right. Yeah. So the young girl, Sam Gordon, Samantha uh-huh. Gordon. Who is she? I don't okay, know. Okay, yeah. Is. So she's in uh, Utah, and she was a football player that got really popular even in nine years old. Oh, wow. Uh, and then she started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So here here it was. It says, in 2012, while regularly playing against all-male teams, she compiled 25 touchdowns, 10 extra point conversions on 232 carries for 1,911 rushing yards in a single season. Dang. That's this girl. Wow. And so at the okay. end, right, it's like, you know, I dare you try to catch me. And she spins <laughs> out, you know, and then throws the ball off. Um, and so she kind of got popular on YouTube. And then she said, I want to be in the National Football League got it um but the big thing recently was in uh in june 2017 sam and her father joined together with five other utah girls football league players and they sued three school districts to force uh female american football as a varsity sport oh wow okay so so they actually brought they brought chains that there would be a female football sport so she's actually opening it up for people behind got it her. okay interesting I so didn't she was a game that. changer that's why they yeah. did all that
0: got it okay um i i completely agree with you that it was a great ad and and it was it like the super bowl itself there was something for everybody in that ad if you know nothing about football and oh, you yeah. just sort of know okay this is some sort of gathering of like you know overly testosterone football guys <laughs> totally. being weird like okay fine it's funny it's physical it's humor. still funny yeah. but there were uh what's that you know the term easter egg sort of the things that like yes. you have to look hard for i feel like it's one of those ads you could watch 10 times and yes. notice something different like and you know there's there's stuff in there for football nerds for sure like yes. if you don't know anything about football you're like oh that one guy just Caught the ball barely before it hit the ground. But if you know football, you're yes. like, oh, ha, that's Franco Harris, the immaculate reception. They're playing yes. on that. It's funny. You got Barry Sanders juking around like he did. It was, it well, was, well, you have Terry
1: Bradshaw, who has now become more known as an announcer, right? right? And he's back there trying to throw and he did, you know, he looks older and it's, yeah. you know,
0: it's all awkward. It It was just funny. Yep. It was a great, it was a great ad. So, uh, my, my one that I, I, I liked was, uh, the Amazon, not everything works with Alexa ad. <laughs> okay. You got to remind me on that a one. A dog collar, Alexa oh. for dogs. And as the dogs barking, the Alexa saying, ordering dog food, ordering <laughs> dog food. And the dog belongs to Harrison Ford. <laughs> he's getting all irritated. Like, like, I'm, not, I'm, paying n- for I'm not paying for this. <laughs> so, and, and to me, again, it's just funny. Uh, but it once again, it it was sort of a funny play on from a company that is automating so much of our lives. Yes. By the way, for the company to say there is, uh, for the company to say there are limits to what all of this automation can do for you, right? Uh, and to recognize that in a humorous way, to say yes. just as we're we're equipping this device to do lots of things for you, in a humorous way to say it can't do everything. Uh, to me, again, I, as as. Christ followers, pastors, people who are in the, pardon the term, but business of taking care of people, connecting yeah. people, helping people. It was an interesting reminder to me that, hey, uh, there are tons of robotic stuff out there, but it can't do everything. But,
1: but how crazy is it that you would dream of a time when a company is large enough that they do a corrective commercial? Yeah. Like, Because normally commercials, they're trying to say, we can do everything for you. Yeah. And they're like, no. like We can do a lot. We can do a lot for but, you, but we can't do it. Why would they even want to highlight
0: that? Yeah. What do you think was their point in talking about their limitations? I mean, that's a that's a really good question. I, I think it's similar to what we saw. I mean, you mentioned a lot of these robotic ads that yeah. that a variety of them didn't kind of didn't really work or were sort of uneasy for people. I think that for a big corporation, and, and maybe if I thought more about this, I'd think differently. But I think for a big corpor- corporation to show a little bit of heart to show we recognize our limits in what we can provide. And we're not interested in in creating a sort of dystopian Amazon universe, which sometimes it feels like that's what's going on. Uh, There's something in that that makes us say, oh, okay, like I wanna, it almost makes us a little less suspicious maybe of the technology to say, all right, I wanna utilize this for what it's- Brand trust. Yeah, for what it's used for, but to recognize it can't do it all. Now, uh, Amazon, of course, pointed that out in a pretty funny way. You can right. do that in a lot of different, I mean, I think that again, that Michelob ad pointed it out in sort of a, an odd way, but uh, anyway, it's just, I, I think that's why, what, what, what do you think? Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I'd I already shared all my oh, thoughts. Well, there you go. Okay. Now uh, the ad that was a big swing and a miss for you, someone in the comments has already mentioned yours. Uh, we have, I've not had anybody mentioned, mention the one that I didn't like. So if you're watching live and you have one, you really hated, Put it in the comments. We'll see if we get it to it com- while, while yeah. Lance is sharing his. But Lance, yeah. say yours that was it was a big
1: miss for you. Okay, TurboTax Live had the creepy kid face on the robot. Yeah. Okay, I have a whole. Now this just pinged on a couple things that are really unsettling for me. <laughs> um, I. Anything that has to do with weird, creepy kids just th- throws me off. Yeah. And so here, if you didn't see it, here's what it was. This this Android, it's just a robot body with a face, a child's face plastered over the front. Not even a full head, just mm-hmm. the face. And they're all in what looks like the garage. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're all in the garage, but there's three people talking to them. And the it says, when I grow up, you know, it's almost like this Pinocchio. I want to be yeah. a real boy. When I grow up, I want to be a TurboTax representative. Well, then the the dad he keeps calling him father. Mm -hmm. The dad's like, "Yeah, well that you can't really do that." And then they just start humiliating, going, "You're never going to be truly alive." And and then this thing it just gets sadder and sadder. And the thing goes, "That makes me very sad." And is that true, Dad? I'm never going to be anything. And then at the end, it starts to cry, but instead of crying, it starts hilariously laughing because. It's not attuned to emotion, right? Right. And so now you have a laughing, sad child, and the commercial ends. What the <laughs> heck? Oh, my gosh. So it was creepy to look at, yeah. which I never liked the puppy-monkey-baby thing. That, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff freaks me out, too, because yeah. once again... It's just weird. It's weird baby stuff. But the everything on this was wrong. I literally yeah. was like, if I had TurboTax, I would have to go throw it away now <laughs> because I'm, that was horrid. Like, you're okay. I get it. Your CPAs are real people. but um, And that was their whole point, yeah, yeah, that we have live people that care for you and we know how to minister to you where you're at.
0: Minister? I'm sorry. That was such a
1: <laughs> such a Christian pastor thing to say. <laughs> Wow. That was embarrassing. Uh, But
0: I mean, the idea, well, minister in the sense of administer what you're trying to do. But yes. uh, Sorry, I just had to give you a hard time. No, that's good. So uh, totally with you. That one was was creepy as heck. Uh, Okay. Mine was the Mint Mobile ad, which, okay, credit to them. I had never heard of them uh, until I saw their ad. And now I've heard of them and now I'm talking about them. But their ad was a a poor execution of what could have been a funny concept. Okay. Well, now, you got to tell us the commercial. I, so what happened was, and I'm, I'm going to get the details a little bit fuzzy here, but it's a guy who is looking, who hears that like mint mobile he's sitting on his couch and he hears that mint mobile is available for you know, $20 a month or whatever it is. And he says something like $20 a month. Like that's not right. And then some like weird character mascot guy says like, no, you know, what's not right. Chunky milk's not right. And it, Flashes into the TV to a family in their kitchen. Yes. Passing around chunky milk and saying how much they like chunky milk and drinking it. And then it goes back to the guy on the couch saying, that's not right. And then the mascot guy says, kind of like your wireless bill. Okay. Chunky milk is just disgusting. It was, it looks like curdled milk. Right. And they have to chew it while they're drinking it. And it's really unsettling. Right. And there's just nothing about... To me, people drinking chunky milk is not funny. There is lots of things people can do. Like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes like those videos of people doing ridiculous things and hurting themselves. Like even I find that kind of funny, right? I find there's it very some, funny. There's some humor to that. But to me, there's just nothing funny about people drinking chunky milk. Now, no. I get what they were trying to do. Again, it's trying to... Uh, sort of demonstrate that something is good by talking about something that's really bad. Uh, But I felt like it was a concept that just, in this case, it really didn't work. And I feel like actually in a lot of advertising, I see concepts that I think could be really, really funny. They're just not executed. Like, have you seen the ads, the hotels.com ads with Captain Obvious? Oh, yeah. I feel like that is a really clever premise. Yes. But the ads are almost never funny. Right. I feel like in this case, it could have been a clever premise. In fact, I use this sort of idea, I use it as an illustrative thing in my preaching sometimes where let's say I'm talking about envy and trying to illustrate that envy is a bad idea. I'll say, I've never had someone come up to me and say, you know, Brian, when things really started to turn around for the positive in my life was when I started just being really envious and jealous of other people and people laugh and, you know, right. and I say that because it's funny, but I also say, cause it's really helpful to illustrate like, oh yeah, that's right. That doesn't make any sense. Like maybe I should look in my own heart and see where there's envy. So the idea of like the contrast between good and bad, like that works. So yes. I'm not hating on the idea. Nope. But if you're gross people out, it's just not funny.
1: Okay, so here's my thing. I think that any commercial that leaves you with a sick feeling in your stomach and then they put up their name, I feel like isn't that kind of a psychological thing that you would go, you instantly associate with, na- with nausea? <laughs> Like, well, I don't want my name associated with nausea. It's almost like, you know how back in the day they would give electric shock whenever they would see certain things to try to stop them? The whole rubber band on your wrist, you would hurt yourself, so you wouldn't want a cigarette. Every time you reach for a cigarette, you'd snap yourself. Yeah. Okay, like I think that negative association has been pretty well driven in, and I feel like they're doing that with their commercials. Hey, I feel sick to my stomach, like I'm going to go throw up. Oh, Mint Mobile. <laughs> you know, like, like what? Yay! Like I, I, you know, unless I'm utilizing it in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I just, I just don't see the reason yep. for it.
0: So okay, last thing, and this is, this wasn't in any of our show prep or any of our show notes. So I'm just springing a deep question on you, uh, last, uh, last second here. But I, I spoke a moment ago about how as Christ followers and certainly as pastors, we're called to be people who are paying attention to analyzing, exegeting culture. Yeah. As you're watching this game, and I know you, as do I, I mean, you really view everything in your life through this lens of, of as a pastor, what does it say about our society? What does right. it say about how we communicate the gospel? What does it say about the way we do ministry? So many so many things. So it's not just passive consumption, that it's always, is it, it, all of these different things we see, whether it's movies or sports or whatever, raise questions for us to consider as we're seeking to do ministry. That being said, as you watch the Super Bowl, you watch the ads, what did you learn or what was, a, what was maybe a reminder to you about our culture that came through some of what you saw, whether it's in the ads or the presentation of the game or the halftime show or anything else? Well, I think, unfortunately, we've already covered it. Uh, the biggest thing for me, whenever I watch any
1: type of advertisement of any sort, it's always what is the longing they're trying to touch, yeah. right? And, of course, from my vantage point, my bias That it it's always going to go back to Jesus has created us in such a way that we are only filled up by Him, and so all advertisement seems to say, "How can you sell the idea that something other than God will help you be a better person?" Mm -hmm. And so I always look through that lens, and what I found was there was an awful lot of honesty of saying we really have a lot of voids that we can't seem to fill. That was that seemed like a big we've already talked about that though yeah. you know that that this longing for connection this long for community that ai can only go so far you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that was really kind of the the big aha moment um from from this particular thing um just kind of the longing of humanity yeah. what they what they really need what about yeah. you well
0: i mean it's, it's the same i mean i i think it's so interesting that historically right ads always overpromise get this new toothpaste and your life will be a will be perfect yes. and amazing and your kids will behave and all this kind of nonsense. And and the reason why ads exist like that is because they work, right? They For wouldn't sure. exist if they didn't work. And certainly we saw some that were like that. Uh, some ads that were sort of your standard, hey, look how awesome our, our right. stuff is. Chance yes. the Rapper will start dancing if you eat Doritos, whatever. Yes. But I, I do think there was more recognition of the limitation of some products than maybe we'd seen before, which to your point yep. speaks to our longing to connect speaks to ultimately our longing to connect with something beyond ourselves, to connect with God, to see some greater purpose beyond our new uh, phone service, our new uh, you know car, our new you know beer we drink, wine we drink, you know food we eat, whatever, and and I think it's an old message. It's something that we as Christ followers have known for a long time that we need something beyond ourselves. We need something beyond the physical and the material. But it's interesting to see in a secular setting particularly one as culturally relevant as the Super Bowl to see that evident in so many ads was was interesting to me and and almost in a weird way, sort of encouraging to be like, oh, oh, okay. so the, the limitation that everyone's talking about here, we actually we know where that comes from. And we know what to do about it. Yeah. As as Christ followers, I thought it was pretty interesting. Well, I found
1: that this it, it all seemed very millennial to me because <laughs> um, the whole apologizing and correcting your image and everything is really a millennial thing because the millennials were, had been burned by overpromising for so long yeah, that now they've point. said we've shut you all out. Right. We now will go through and filter you. You yep. can't even reach us by commercials anymore. Yep. We will DVR you and we'll skip over you and we'll bleep you and we'll you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to reach the millennial and saying, hey, sorry about that. We'll try to be a little bit more honest with you if you'll continue to watch us. So I thought that was fascinating. That is – yeah,
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's an interesting point. All right, well – An hour about the Super Bowl, commercials, and everything else. And and I hope that as you were able to to listen to this, a little bit of an offbeat episode for us, uh, hopefully you just recognize that uh, there is stuff to pay attention to all around us. It's helping us understand our culture, helping us understand how do we communicate the gospel, how do we talk about Jesus in the midst of a culture that values a lot of different things. And it's often these big events that can help us understand those values so that we can uh, speak Christ into a world that we're understanding a little bit better. So, Hopefully, in the midst of all of our silliness, that's something you were able to get. Hopefully, that was helpful for you. We'll see you in two weeks for the next episode of Engaging Culture.
1: Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.